one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Now, Jesus did this quite often. Uh, he did two things. He, he, oh, I thought we were going, going through here. Uh, he did a couple of things. He, he first, he got away, and, and then he prayed. Uh, he talked to the Father. Uh, so this, I, this idea that we're going to look at this morning is to get away and pray. That's this idea of, of both solitude and prayer. And, and I'm going to talk about both of those, but they have to go together. Yeah, solitude, sometimes we just think of as, you know, just like me time, quiet time, alone time. Uh, that, that might be very beneficial and good, and uh, I, th I see value in that. Um, but when we see Jesus getting away, I, I don't, maybe, it's, maybe I'm missing something, but I always see him getting away from people to go be with the Father. And so that's what we're going to look at today, how we can get away and pray. And the question that I had first was why? Why would Jesus, God in the flesh, spend so much time with God the Father? What would be the point of that? You know, why would he actually need to? Well, first, let's look at solitude. In the book, Leading Like Jesus, there's three authors, but Ken Blanchard, I think he's the one that, that describes solitude as being completely alone with God, away from all human contact for an extended period of time. All right, so away from everyone, with God, extended period of time. I don't know what all that looks like. It could be five minutes. Maybe it's driving in your car. Um, now, if you're going to pray, driving in your car, don't close your eyes. It's just, uh, it's, it's not helpful. But anyway, uh, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, David, Elijah, uh, Elisha, John the Baptist, Paul, John, all these guys, uh, we can see they got away. Uh, from people to be with God. And so this isn't something that's new. We, For some reason, it seems that maybe we were meant to spend time with the Father. Luke 5.16, it says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. It was a part of his schedule. It wasn't just a here and there. He did it a lot. So there, there must be some value in it. Uh, I'm going to try to... Uh, help figure this out, walking through the scriptures. Before we get, get to the, the prayer part, uh, I want to look at solitude a little more because it's, it was a year ago today that we had our last service, and over the last year, a lot of people have been alone. Uh, there's been a lot of, maybe we would think of as, as solitude, but the truth is we're still not uh, in solitude. We can be lonely. We can be alone. That doesn't mean that we're experiencing solitude. It's a little bit more than that. See, because there are some really smart, dedicated, creative people who do a really good job getting in our heads. Uh, yeah, the, uh, people are actually getting in our heads all the time. They do a great job, and honestly, we don't want to be alone, so we go along with it. Well, there's, uh, that's the thesis of, this, of a book called The Attention Merchants. It's a book by Columbia Law professor Tim Wu, and the subtitle says, It's the epic scramble to get inside our heads. And Wu argues that every sliver of our attention is fair game for commercial exploitation. We have become people with an ever shorter attention span, known for compulsively checking his devices. We see this. This isn't new. This has been going on since about 2015 excessively, even back to probably 2007 with the iPhone. Your phone buzzes. Uh, you get a notification. My phone's sitting down there. I should have brought it up here. But you run to it, and you pick it up, and you say, yes, Lord, what can I do for you? Right? It becomes our, our master. 
it gets our full attention. And this, this, uh, this guy, he, the book he writes, he says that it's dangerous. And he says our very lives are at stake because when we reach the end of our days, our life experience will equal what we have paid attention to. That's, that's pretty big right there. What's your life going to look like when you look back on it? What you paid attention to, what you gave your attention to. He says we must act to make our attention our own again and to reclaim ownership of the very experience of living. Life will equal what or who we give our attention to. Is it work? Is it our, is it our phones? Is it our families? Is it our God? I don't know. What is it going to be? If, you, if your life were to end today and you look back, what would you, have, what would you give attention to? It's probably what you, you would think is, is your life. So it starts with getting alone. We have to get alone to fix that. And then what? Well, this is when we get to prayer. What's the point of praying? Am I good? Can I keep talking? What's the point of praying? Uh, we, we get this idea that we should pray more. Do I need to switch mics, though? I don't know. If... There we go. All right, all better. Okay, what, what's the point of praying? Uh, I, I say, well, I, I need to pray more. I, I'm not doing very good at praying. I don't spend enough time praying. I, we, we should pray. It would be better if we do, right? Uh, this, it's this idea that it's something that we need to do to check off of our list, and if we don't do it, then we failed. We failed God. We failed ourselves. We're not good at being Christians, right? Uh, that's, I think that's what we think. Um, and so I want to look at Jesus' prayer life and try to answer and maybe help us to understand, uh, myself included, why do we need to pray? And the first thing that I see is Jesus always went to God because he saw a, a, a need. He, was, he, he saw a need to be with God. Now, this isn't a new idea. This is something that all people do. I think people who don't go to church, people who are not Christians, when there is a, a, a tragedy, a catastrophe, when there's something big going on and I can't do anything about it, I'm not sure anyone else can either, and so we pray, right? We go to God. Uh, sometimes it's last case. Sometimes maybe we get it right and we go to him first. Um, and, but we, we do that, and that's okay. Jesus is our example, and he went to God before, during, and after very big events. I mean, things that, that mattered a lot. And I looked through the, the book of Luke. Or, um, we uh, were in Luke chapter 6 this week, or that was the, where I got this verse. But uh, just reading through this last week, Luke chapter 3, right after the beginning of Jesus' ministry, uh, he was baptized and he was praying. Luke chapter 4, he faces Satan in the desert or in the wilderness, and he's, he's fasting and praying. In Luke chapter 6, this is the verse that stuck out, stuck out to me this week that actually led to this, this sermon. Um, Luke chapter 6, he's about to call the 12 apostles. So all the disciples are, are with him, um, a lot of people, and he's going to pick 12 to be a, a, the apostles, which are messengers or sent ones. And so what does he do before that? What, what would you do? I would, I would make a list. There's, let's just say I don't, actually don't know how many people there were there. Let's say there was 100. And... Uh, and I'm going to make a to-do list, I mean a, a, a positive negatives uh, of these people. And, and these people are leaders, and these people are servants, and I want them to be messengers. So all the introverts I'm going to eliminate. And, uh, and then I get down to 20, and I have to pick between this person and this person. And I, and I look at their strengths and weaknesses, and I try to figure out, logically speaking, who would I pick to be the apostles? So that's what Jesus did, right? No, that's not what he did. Uh, he, he went out to uh, the mountainside. 
and he spent the night praying. He's about to make a big decision, and so he went to the Father, showing that he depended on the Father to help him live his life, to make decisions. Uh, keep going in, in Luke, Luke chapter 9. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? Later in the same chapter, the transfiguration, it, it says that he took Peter, James, and John with him up onto a mountain. Why? To pray. Luke 18, Jesus told his disciples a parable saying to always pray, not to give up. Now, I, I, I keep, I'm pointing these out because I want you to see that you can't go very many chapters in, in, the, in the Gospels, the accounts of Jesus' life, when he wasn't praying, when he didn't go regularly to be with the Father. It's part of his life. And then finally in Luke 22, probably one of the most well instances, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to this at the end of the sermon, is when he went to Gethsemane, the garden, right before he was about to be arrested and, and beaten and crucified. He went, he went away, and it says on reaching the place, he said to them, his, his apostles, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. So he prayed a lot, but I still, why? Why did he do it? What was the point? Did he really need the Father since he was the Son in the flesh, I mean, God in the flesh, the Son, uh, he answered it. He said, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. And so if Jesus, God in the flesh, needed the Father to help him to live his mission, to live his life, how about us? Wouldn't, wouldn't we probably, you know, need the same thing? See, prayer helps us to get our thoughts in, lines with, in line with God's. We would say our, our will is in line with, God, with God's will. Um, the disciples were really slow. They really were. Uh, I feel like sometimes I read their stories and I was like, I was actually wondering the same thing. You know, his, his followers were, they, they didn't get it. He had to explain it. And he said, where's your faith at? Why don't you understand this? I've told you 10 times. I've told you 100 times. Why don't you just get this? This is, uh, this is the disciples. But they recognized his need for, uh, for the Father. See, because whenever they were wanting to learn something, uh, they, they didn't say, um, Lord, uh, teach us to preach. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were the apostles. They were the messengers. They were the sent ones. So they would need to be able to preach, right? They didn't say that. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to serve. Now, he, he showed them that anyway. But that's not what they asked because they, they saw a need for something bigger. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. For some reason, these guys who were kind of slow saw that if they don't know how to pray like Jesus prayed, they weren't going to do anything that mattered. They weren't going to stay, uh, stay focused. They weren't going to accomplish anything. They, they probably knew how to pray, but they wanted to know how to pray like he prayed. So the second thing, uh, and this is the first answer to that question when, when, uh, he, when they asked, uh, teach us to pray, he answered in a, with one word, and he said, um, when we pray, you start with Father, the relationship. So we pray to get to know God better, and this is actually probably the biggest idea I want you to, to take from today. Uh, prayer begins with a, a relationship. Uh, I know I used this, this idea before, but I, I'm going to use it again. Um, but do you, do you ever know anyone that they only talk to you when they need something? Maybe it's a, 
a, a child parent relationship maybe it's a friend you only, they only call you like whenever they need something uh how much do you appreciate that uh, that that relationship I mean, maybe you're like, well, you know what? They don't call me for any other reason, so I'm going to take what I can get, right? I mean, if it's a child parent, I feel like if, if that were my kids, I would probably still appreciate that they came to me. But, man, I wish they'd come to me more often than that. That's our relationship with the Father. Do, do we, are, we the, are we that person? Are we the child that it's always God, help me? Bless me, protect me. Well, I'm not going to be selfish, so help him and, and protect her and bless her. Now, these aren't bad things. In the Lord's Prayer, we see these, same, these actual ideas. But if that's it, because I think what happens is the reasons that we do pray, because we want our, you know, our family to be healthy and we want someone to get this job and, uh, and we want this relationship to work out, these reasons that we do pray become the reasons that we don't pray. Yeah, I, think, I think our style of praying becomes the reason that we just stop. Because, uh, well, I prayed for this person to, to, uh, to fight this, uh, this cancer and to be healed, and, well, they didn't, my prayer didn't work. I, I prayed for this marriage to, uh, to be restored, and it didn't work. I prayed for this job, and I didn't get it. So if I'm going to spend all my time asking for things, and, and this God who's powerful and he loves me, if he's not going to answer, then why waste our time, right? I, I, think that's, I think that's what's going on. What if the purpose of prayer is not just to get things, but to know God better, to know the Father better? It's not that we can't or shouldn't ask, but maybe there's more to it. I think there is. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, right before, it, it says, uh, when, when he said, or he said, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. And here it is. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Well, I asked for all these things and He already knew. And He still didn't answer, so why would I spend my time repeating it? What if the reason is, is, uh, is to go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen, what if, is the, what if the reason is that he just wants to spend time with you? Now, I'm not saying that, uh, that he doesn't answer our prayers um, at all. I'm not, I don't want it to get that, but I don't want that to be the focus because then it just becomes this, uh, we talked about it last week, a transactional faith. God, I'm going to do for you, and then when it comes time, you're going to do for me. But that's not faith. That's not a relationship. That's, uh, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a job, yeah. Um, but if he knows, then, you know, then why would, we, why would we do that? Well, Jesus had this consistent prayer life, this time with the Father, and I think he showed us that it's to, it's a, it's to develop a relationship with the Father. Now, someone might say, well, you know, we're supposed to pray without ceasing. We're supposed to pray all the time, and I always pray. I pray when I, when I wake up first thing. I pray when I'm shaving. I pray when I'm in the shower. I pray when I'm driving with my eyes open. I pray when I'm folding laundry. I, I'm always praying, so, so why do I need to get away uh, from everything else and spend time with the Father? I mean, what would be the point of that if I'm always praying? Well, I, I'm married. My wife, Jen's right there. We're together a lot. Um, we're usually near each other at church, 
you know, I'm always talking and she's just sitting there. And then we go home and she's talking the whole time and I'm just sitting there. <laughs> you know, that's not true at all. <laughs> and I'm in trouble for that too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, but we're, we're, in the, we're in each other's company quite a bit. You know, we, we, uh, we wake up around the same times and, and the kids, uh, you know, we're trying to, uh, trying to take care of them and play with them and spend time with them too. And, and uh, when we're driving, we're almost always, you know, when we drive outside of town, a lot of times at least, we're, we're in the same vehicle. Uh, we're, almo- we're almost always together, really, outside of, you know, like work. And, but is that, would that be enough? Like, would that be enough to develop our relationship? Would we, would we know each other better? Would we understand each other more if all of our time was just kind of living life, like going through and being in each other's presence? No, it takes, you know, date nights. It takes, uh, it takes uh, intentional conversations where we are just alone, you know, having a five and a seven-year-old or having those two daughters. I mean, it's hard to, to give each other attention. Um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying it is hard to. It's a challenge. So we have to, at times, get away so that we can get to know each other or, um, or uh, get reacquainted, you know. That's us with the Father. We, we say, well, I'm always praying and I'm always on the go and God's always with me and I'm always acknowledging Him. But if we don't get away, there's no relationship. It, it may become, and maybe it's not, but it could, I think, very easily become that transactional a lifestyle of, God, I'm serving you all the time. Now what are you going to do for me when I need you? So we, we get to know him. And then after we get to know him, just like Jesus, we pray to surrender to him. It's when we start to trust him and believe that he is more than maybe we thought before. You know, people say things like um, prayer changes things or there's power in prayer. Now, I'm going to say something, then I'm gonna, I need to follow it up. Prayer in itself is powerless. Yeah, prayer in itself. If we said that prayer has power, then all those other religions that uh, people are praying to different gods, we would, well, their prayer would have power too if prayer in itself has power. So prayer in itself does not have power, but prayer connects us to the one who does have power. You know, because if, when we start to say, well, you know, prayer has power, and then I pray for this person to get better, and they don't get better, then you know what I think? I didn't say the right words. I, I, oh, it says, that the Bible says the prayer of a righteous man, so that means I'm not a righteous man, and if I, prayed for, if I pray for that person and they died, then, then it becomes all about me, and I fail, and I'm not going to do that anymore. I need, I'm going to ask you to pray for them, because maybe you're the righteous people, Right? It can't be about us. There is power in prayer only because it's the connection to the Father. That's the attitude that Jesus had when he said, yet not my will, but yours be done. I was trying to think through, uh, you know, this idea of prayer is huge, and we could preach. I mean, I could preach for a month on it. I'm not going to. This is, we're just going through the New Testament, and I came across this verse. But there's a story that Timothy Keller wrote in his book. It's called Prayer. It's a really big book. But Uh, He says this, he says, in the second half of my adult life, I discovered prayer. I had to. In the fall of 1999, I taught a Bible study course on the Psalms. It became clear to me that I was barely scratching the surface of what the Bible commanded and promised regarding prayer. Then came the dark weeks in New York after 9-11, that's where he was at, when our whole city sank into a kind of corporate clinical depression, even as it rallied. 
For my family, the shadow was intensified as my wife, Kathy, struggled with the effects of Crohn's disease. Finally, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. At one point during all this, my wife urged me to do something with her that we had never been able to muster the self-discipline to do regularly. She asked me to pray with her every night. Every night. She used an illustration that crystallized her feelings very well. As I remember it, she said something like this. So his wife told him, Imagine you were diagnosed with such a lethal condition that the doctor told you that you would die within hours unless you took a particular medicine, a pill every night before you go to sleep. Imagine that you were told that you could never miss it or you would die. Would you forget? Would you not, would you not get around to it some nights? No, it would be so crucial that you wouldn't forget, you would never miss. Well, if we don't pray together, we're not going to make it because of all we're facing. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not, she said. We have to pray. We can't just let it slip our minds. He says, I believe this is true about each one of us and about our church. If we don't pray together, we're not going to make it because of all we're facing. We can't just let it slip our minds. Now, maybe life has been fine without prayer. Maybe you have never had a strong prayer life or a, um, a relationship with the Father where you, you, know, you go to Him and talk to Him and try to understand and get to know Him better, and you feel that He knows you, and you pour out your secrets to Him. Maybe it's fine without Him, but imagine how life could be with Him. If you never had a strong prayer life, don't feel guilty about it. But maybe today is a, is a prompting uh, to, to go away to get away from everything else and to talk with the Father. Tell him, you know, just talk to him. Obviously, he knows everything. um, But just like you would go and talk with your parent or your spouse or or your sibling or a friend, talk to the Father. (laughs) Sometimes it's hard to find time. I I get it. But I want to read one more passage. I'm on my last page, so that means we're almost done. One more passage that I think really helps to connect with today's lifestyles. Mark 1.35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, we've read that idea quite a bit already. This is uh, something he does. But verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Now, Jesus had been doing some good things, and people are looking for him because they want him to heal and, and uh, uh, heal them and, and maybe to perform miracles. They want him to do good things. And so, you know, Jesus, being, being as loving as he, is, as he is, you know, these people are saying, hey, I know you woke up early in the morning. You're probably tired. You went off to be with the Father. It's important to you. But, hey, everyone's looking for you. And, and you know, Jesus being so loving, obviously he's going to say, hey, you know what? Um, I'll, 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 go, I'll, go, I'll get back to this later. I need to go heal these people because they're sick, and I'm the only one that can do it. You know, and I think in our lives, we try to be with the Father, but people don't want us to. It's not that they don't want us to, but people are important. You know, if, if, if you need me, you need me right now, right? If, if I need help and I call someone, I kind of think that maybe they should drop everything and help me right now because it's really urgent and important to me. You know, we put our problems on other people, and we expect them to jump instantly. And, and these people, these problems were legit. They had, they had uh, um, conditions that only Jesus could fix. And you know, so Jesus, obviously, if he's the only one that can do it, I'm, I'm meant for this, 
for this reason, this, this purpose. I have to do it or no one else will. So he's going to go, right? Now listen to what Jesus does. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. The people who really needed him, the people who, hey, everyone needs you right now. He left. He said, hey, you know what? We're going to go somewhere else. Why? He says, so I can preach. That is why I have come. He had a mission. He knew why he was here. He knew his purpose. He knew what the Father wanted him to do because he spent time with him, and he was, he was confident that he was there to do one thing. And so he did that. I think uh, we have that fulfilling life. We have an opportunity for a purpose. And to, if we know what we're doing and we're willing to spend time with the Father and not just do everything because everyone else wants us to and we want to please people and we want to make them happy and we want everyone to like me, if we can forget about that and live to please the Father, that's when we have a meaningful life. So I want to recap. All three of these things happened. I told you I'd come back to this at the end. Gethsemane. Right before Jesus faced the cross, his ultimate mission to seek and save the lost, this is how he did it. Number one, most often we don't pray to change God's mind. We pray to change our mind. He says, Father, if it's your will, would you take this from me? He didn't. So Jesus did it. Jesus prayed because he wanted to spend time with the Father. If this were the first time he went to God in Gethsemane and, and prayed, I just I don't think it would have mattered much. He didn't wait till the tragedy. You can see throughout his whole life, he spent regular time with the Father. Don't wait until it's, it's a desperate, de- desperate moment. And then number three, Jesus prayed because he wanted to stay focused on his mission. Why are you here? Why, why are we here? We're here to love God. You're not going to love him if you don't spend time with him. We're here to love people. And it has to be in that order. And so with that, let's pray. Father, we come to you today thanking you first for, uh, for the relationship. Uh, you could just have been God the creator, uh, God who made us and left us. But that's not you. Uh, you are a loving Father who made us, who made a way to us, who wanted to spend time with us. And even in our sin, even in our separation, then you made a way back we could come to you through Jesus. I thank you that you were willing to give up your son. I assume the, the, the deepest, most intimate relationship that you could possibly have, you gave that up because of your love for us, because you want that relationship. And so I pray that we would continue to seek the scriptures to know you better so that we could love you more. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.